On today's episode of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, we have our full WrestleMania 37 preview. We have predictions, prop bets. We're joined by our friends, Dewey and Bree. We're going to clean up some stuff from episode zero, our introduction episode. We're going to talk about how Daniel Bryan is now a meme with all these triple threat memes going around. We're going to recap everything that we saw in wrestling from this week, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, AEW Dynamite, and NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1 and 2. And we've got our updated standings for our predictions contest that we are in full swing of. Joe, are you ready? Yes, of course I'm ready, Dylan. All right, let's go. Welcome in to episode number one of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. And Joe, we just have to clean up the fact from episode zero. We talked about, or I guess I talked about, we we said we were going to talk about this drinking game that we played all the time when we watched wrestling and then didn't cover a single rule. Well, you know, we get kind of drunk and then we record. So I'm just going to go ahead and blame it on that. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the drinking game and all the rules for that. And we'll be tweeting this out on our Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. And without further ado, the drinking game. All right. So getting right into the drinking game, we are going to take one sip for every entrance of a wrestler. Every time that they use pyro. Anytime there's a two count made by the referee. Anytime that there is a tag. Every chest chop, also known as a woo. Every time there's an elimination, so like in a battle royal or a royal rumble. Every time a weapon is used. Every time a finishing move is used. Every time there is a holy shit chant. Holy shit. Holy shit. Every time there is a... This is awesome, chant. Any use of the environment, uh, and that can include anything from a barricade, a post, the stairs. The only things that don't count are if it's inside the ring and there's, let's say someone goes into a turnbuckle. Or like if uh, Kevin Owens will powerbomb somebody onto the ring apron, that does not count. Uh, additionally, we're going to take one set for every title change. Uh, and whenever the match ends. And then... We're going to take three sips every time somebody interferes in a match. Every time there's blood. And whenever the referee gets knocked out. This one's not for the faint of heart because you're going to have to finish your drink every time someone turns heel. Every time someone turns face. Every debut. 
every return. However, for debuts and returns, we only do three sips if it's a Royal Rumble because that could get crazy. And anytime a foreign announced table breaks. Basically any non-English table breaks. So, unless you're, unless you're listening from somewhere outside of the United States because that's fair game then. Yeah, I mean, if you're not from the United States of America, if the English announce table breaks, or if you don't speak English, if you're listening to Peacock, not the WWE Network anymore, and you listen to it in Espanol, or what is German? Is that Deutsch? Is it Deutsch? I think it's Deutsch. When you listen in Deutsch or Espanol, if the English announce table breaks, finish your beer. All right, and that is the drinking game. So, Joe, let's start out with... uh, Friday night SmackDown. What we're gonna we're gonna recap everything that we saw this week. We're gonna recap SmackDown. We're gonna recap Raw. We're gonna recap NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver Night One and Two, and we're gonna recap AEW Dynamite from Wednesday. But let's start with what what is most fresh in our minds. Let's talk about Friday night SmackDown, Joe. Uh, we we uh, we started off with this fatal four way tag team match. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode end up retaining. They're SmackDown Tag Team Championships. What do you think? Uh, honestly, I, I wasn't expecting it. I I thought that uh, we were going to have some different winners at the end here. I thought that the Mysterios were finally going to win the Tag Team Championships. I think that they deserve the Tag Team Championships. And I don't know how I feel about Ziggler and retaining. While I love Bob, Bobby Roode. Um, Robert? Robert, I'm sorry. His name isn't Bobby anymore. You don't have to be sorry. He, he's much more professional. He's he's Robert. Robert and Bobby are the same yeah. thing. Robert Rude and Dolph Ziggler retained. I, I love them both. I don't know how exactly I feel because I thought that maybe we would get a, a title change, but we didn't. And I, I don't know what else to say about that, Dylan. What yeah, I, I felt the same way. I, I actually thought that uh, Chad Gable and... Otis might take the win here. I was hoping they would win. But one thing I didn't know, I, was, I, I saw on Twitter as after the match ended that I had no idea, but this is Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler's first title defense. They, I feel like they've had the belts forever. Yeah, they definitely have. They've, this I, was only their first title defense. That's, that's crazy. I, I don't know how that, that, how that happens. Uh, I feel like they should definitely be defending the titles more often. That, and that's Agreed. that's my biggest problem with, with the tag team picture in WWE is you can go weeks to months without a title defense. Yeah, it doesn't get any love. And the tag teams definitely deserve all of the love. Yeah. Uh, we So we're going to skip around. We're, we're going to talk about... We'll talk about the, the triple threat match promos at the end here. But we also had... Uh, some more shenanigans with this women's tag team turmoil match. Uh, they had, who was it? Nia Jax versus Tamina ended in a disqualification. I feel like I saw that coming from a mile away. Carmella and Billy Kay, uh, they were originally, it sounded like they were originally in the match when they announced the match on Monday. And then throughout the week, you saw all the graphics where it was just the four other teams. And now they do this backstage segment where Billy Kay and Carmella actually are in the tag team turmoil match. This is just it, it's just a it's a, it's just a jumbled mess, but it'll probably be it'll probably end up being a pretty good match on night 1. Yeah, I think it'll be a pretty good match. Uh I think well, we're not getting into predictions here yet, but I think that there's definitely s- some teams that have established themselves more than other teams. 
or earn title shots more than other teams. And I, uh, again, I don't, I don't really want to get into predictions yet, but I'm very excited for this match. All right. And then, uh, then we have the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal, which I I don't really know how to feel about like them putting it on this quote unquote pre-show SmackDown WrestleMania pre-show thing. But the other thing that was absolutely criminal that they did was they had two commercial breaks in the middle of it. Like all these guys, you're not going to give them a spot on the WrestleMania card. And then you give them this, this pre-show like Friday night SmackDown thing. It's like, Hey, we're going to put you on the kind of WrestleMania card and then put two commercial breaks in the middle of it. Not let any of these guys show, show their stuff. And uh, you have, you have to at least give them a commercial free match. Like what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. My, my biggest problem with commercial breaks in royal or battle royals, rather, is that you, and honestly, a, a an elimination could happen and you you don't know about it. So, and that's part of the drinking game. Like, if if there's an elimination during a commercial break, guess what? I'm not going to see the elimination, and guess what? I'm not going to do drink for it, which is criminal, absolutely criminal. Yeah, and. Obviously, on the Drunk Dude Talking Wrestling podcast, that's what we're interested in doing is drinking. If I had to power rank everything that we prioritize, it would be drinking and then wrestling would be like 1A and 1B and then like then would be like doing the show. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of. But yeah, Jey Uso ends up winning the, the Battle Royal and we found out during the Battle Royal. So, so Dewey ended up showing up in town tonight. We're, we're glad that Dewey's here. Uh, one thing we didn't know about Dewey is that he's a fucking magician who can predict who's going to be eliminated in a battle royal match. Uh, basically, all he has to do is say who he wants to win, and that person will immediately be eliminated next. I had no idea that he had this superpower, but it happened, I think, four separate times where early in the match, he was he literally said, I want Elias to win. Elias immediately gets eliminated. And then he said, I want Ricochet to win. Immediately eliminated. Baron Corbin, same thing. Shinsuke Nakamura, last person eliminated, same thing. I think Dewey just originally wanted Jey Uso to win all along. And he he basically caught on to what was going on in his magician brain and was like, I have a way to, to make Jey Uso win this match. Realistically, it got to a point where we wanted certain people to be eliminated and we asked Dewey to say he wanted them to win. And as soon as he said that, those people got eliminated. So we caught on to the game, we adapted to it, and we got our winner in the end. Yeah, so to everyone not named Jey Uso that was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, uh, we're sorry. And it's, it's basically all Dewey's fault. So if you, if you, wanna, if you want someone to blame, uh, it's, it's Dewey. All right, so then we got promos from each competitor in the triple threat match for the Universal Championship. I thought each one of them was amazing. Dana Bryan, Edge, Roman Reigns, talking trash about each other. I am so excited for this match. I think it's by far going to be the best match night one or night two of WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel Bryan came out first thing in the show, and he he delivered a very passionate promo the yes versus no promo, if as, as people are calling it these days. And he, he basically set himself up as, as someone who stands out in this match. Joe, speaking of Daniel Bryan, uh, he has, in the last week, been made into a meme 
ever since WrestleMania 30, where he got introduced in well, introduced yeah, introduced as the third member of the triple threat match between him, Randy Orton, and Batista for the WWE Championship. He's now been introduced as the third member of this triple threat match between him, Edge, and Roman Reigns. I almost said Randy Orton again. And now there's just all these memes going around of Daniel Bryan being the third competitor in a bunch of things. What is your favorite meme that you've seen so far? Uh, my favorite meme is probably the Kong versus Godzilla versus Daniel Bryan meme just because <laughs> it's the most recent. It, it literally just dropped, and now Daniel Bryan's a part of that picture, and I demand a Schneider recut of that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, and just like, I mean, who do you think comes out on top in that match? Daniel Bryan is going to take down Kong and Godzilla. Wow, you really think so? Uh, I, some other ones, I, this is a, I mean, I'll, I'll call it a top five, but it's in no specific order. I had that one in there, the Godzilla versus Kong versus Daniel Bryan. There was the, the meme of the Boneyard match where Undertaker, <laughs> where Undertaker comes, uh, basically pops up behind AJ Styles when he's in the, the backhoe. And they're like that famous meme. And then there's, they basically just Photoshop Daniel Bryan behind the Undertaker. It was hilarious. Uh, they had uh, Batman versus Superman versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, I think Daniel Bryan comes out on top there as well. Uh, we also had uh, Baylor versus Gonzaga versus Daniel Bryan for the most recent NCAA tournament final. And then also uh, the, the old video games, SmackDown versus Raw versus Daniel Bryan. That was hilarious. They, I think that's five. But I, I, that's all I had written down. But there were some other ones that, man, there was like a... Uh, John Cena and Randy Orton versus the entire Raw roster. I guess that they did like back in the late 2000s. They had the the John Cena and Randy Orton versus the entire Raw roster versus Daniel Bryan. The the fact that that match was even a thing is ridiculous to me. I I I don't remember that. I haven't seen that. And it probably wasn't very good. Yeah, I doubt that it was very good. And I hope that Daniel Bryan comes out on top. I'm on sure. Every I'm sure. Big match. Matches. John probably won the match as well. Yeah. Uh, the The only other one I can think of was uh, there was a poster for WrestleMania 28 where uh, Daniel Bryan originally had a match versus Sheamus for the World Heavyweight Championship, and it had Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan versus Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Bryan, congratulations! You are now a meme. Forever and always. Yes. But yeah, closing out of uh, SmackDown, Friday Night SmackDown, we've got Monday Night Raw. This, the go-home show for Monday Night Raw, let me first start by talking about how they did this. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley and Asuka. They literally just a week, maybe two weeks ago, did Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. It's literally the same recycled storyline for the women's championship match at WrestleMania for each brand. This company has been around for so long, you have to be able to come up with at least two different storylines for your two women's headlining matches. Like, how I just don't understand it, how they could do this. It's, it's just so dumb. Like the, the whole like, can they coexist thing? There were so many tweets on Monday night. Like, can they coexist? Oh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see if they can coexist. Turns out they can never fucking coexist. The internet was just going crazy 
posting memes about how can they coexist or not. They said it so many times on air, I considered making it a fucking temporary drinking rule for the night. I ended up not doing it because I didn't want to die. Yeah, the the, the coexist thing has been something that bother, has bothered me, not just WrestleMania season. They do this all the time is is when you have a face versus face or a heel versus heel, they'll try to put them in a tag team with each other, and it just never works. There, there's been a few times I think they made it work. I, WrestleMania 23, John Cena and Shawn Michaels were literally the, the world tag team champions, and they had them. Uh, they, they literally went as far as to make them the tag team champions and had them face off at WrestleMania 23. Still put on a hell of a match, uh, put on an even better match in one of the Raws following that. Uh, one of the best raw matches of all time, but yeah, I agree. They they rarely do this this storyline right. It's just not it's not good at all. On another note, they they finally changed Bad Bunny versus The Miz to a tag team match. They, they're pitting uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and John Morrison, which we all thought was going Ooh. to happen. So when they announced Bad Bunny versus Miz, I was kind of shocked that it wasn't a tag team match. Apparently, uh, Morrison and Damian Priest were injured at the time. They didn't know if they would be able to go at WrestleMania. So I, I probably think this will make the match quality a little bit better, even though I do feel like Bad Bunny is going to kill it at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think that Bad Bunny, even though he doesn't have much experience in a professional wrestling, sorry, sports entertainment ring. You can uh, say professional wrestling on this podcast. Well, I don't know. I don't we don't wanna, work for the WWE. I don't want to get sued. I don't want to get released either. Whoa. Or canceled. Yeah, canceled would be the worst. Uh, if Vince McMahon becomes a Generation Zer, then I am definitely we're done for. What's that? We're done for. Yeah, we are absolutely done for. But in a professional wrestling ring, uh, Bad Bunny does not have any experience at all. Uh, so I was not entirely sure how I felt about this match, but I feel that Damian Priest, John Morrison, and The Miz could, can carry him, and hopefully. He's been putting in the work, and he could pull out a surprise like Pat McAfee did a couple takeovers ago. Joe's dog Raven is literally making this, like recording this show, a fucking nightmare. She's she's a puppy still, and she has a tennis ball, and she's trying to put it in my lap, and it's making a hell of a lot of noise. Please go away, Raven. I would really enjoy that. But you're such a good girl. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Actually, no. Back to Bad Bunny. Uh, I do. I do really think he's going. He's going to do really well, despite him just coming in and hanging out at the Performance Center since Royal Rumble. Uh, apparently, he's been there every single day, every week. He's been hanging around. They they've kind of built the storyline around like how Miz doesn't like the fact that he's been around for that long and that he hasn't earned anything yet. But I do think that Bad Bunny will have a good showing here. Yeah, I've read a lot of good things about his training, and I've heard that we're going to be very surprised by him, and I really hope that that is the case with Mr. Bunny. <laughs> Mr. Bugs? No, not Mr. Bugs, Mr. Bunny. Mr. He, Bunny? I'm not sure if there's an, actually a direct relationship between them. Uh, Probably not. One's a human. Yeah, but, you know. And one's a bunny. Anything an happens in bunny. Space Jam. That's true. That's true. All right, yeah, and then we've already talked about the Tag Team Turmoil match. That got added on Monday Night Raw as well. The winners of the Tag Team Turmoil on night one will go on to night two to face Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. I hope to hell that the winners of the Tag Team Turmoil beat them for the titles. 
I'm so sick of seeing them, not them being Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler with the women's tag team championships. We've got Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus Lana and Naomi versus Natalia and Tamina versus the Riot Squad versus Carmella and Billy Kay. And then, and then they cleared up the fact that Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre will quote unquote headline night one of WrestleMania. And then Friday night, or actually, I guess it's Friday afternoon, they announced that it's actually going to be Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair that's going to headline night one of WrestleMania. And Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre is actually going to open the show, which I think is very interesting. It changes up my prediction uh, for the match, for both of the matches, I think. With, I, I did not I I didn't think they would actually go forward with this with having two SmackDown matches be the the main events of both nights, but I'm glad they they went forward with this. I think Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair deserves to be the main event of night one. What do you think? Yeah, I, I got confused at first because I had read that Sasha and Bianca were going to be the the main event of night one. And then I saw Monday Night Raw and it looked like Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre were going to be the main event. Uh, so I'm really glad that they cleared that up. I am not upset at all about the final decision. And I think that uh, both matches are going to be phenomenal. Yeah, so then on Tuesday night, we had the Hall of Fame ceremony for the 2020 and 2021 class. And let me start by saying it once again that crowds cannot come back soon enough. They piped in crowd chants for JBL, who was the first person to be inducted in the 2020 Hall of Fame. And it made me cringe. Back when in 2004, when he was on his, his big main event run as a WWE champion, he always called himself the wrestling god, which I fucking hated him. He was the worst, but he, he did such a good job making everyone hate him, which is probably why he's in the Hall of Fame now. This, is, this entire run was part of it. They piped in a wrestling god chant like the the crowd said wrestling god with him as he called himself that it was just disgusting and it just by watching the first by watching jbl come out first i I really feel like they should have had some some people out in either in the ring area or just like in front of the people accepting the award it made it super awkward like you, you needed somebody for them to talk to and to look at that wasn't screens from the Thunderdome. Everything was just a little bit awkward for me. I don't know. But JBL ended it forever staying a heel by calling everyone who was upset with his bullying rumors and antics by calling everyone a snowflake and just kind of laughing it off and walking backstage. Uh, next, we had British Bulldog's son. He brought out a dog, a bulldog, believe it or not, put it on the podium. I didn't listen to a single fucking word he said of the speech. I was just smiling. Because the dog was so cute. Uh, we had the Bella Twins come out. One of the big surprises, Nikki Bella thanking John Cena for making her better in the ring. I was not expecting a John Cena shout out. The NWO teased another return this weekend at WrestleMania. Scared the hell out of the entire internet. That was a pretty good laugh because wrestling fans are just way too gullible at what they see on TV. They pretty much believe anything that Hulk Hogan will say. Uh, RVD, he also was part of the 2021 class. I am almost 100% sure that he was high. He was wearing, he came out wearing sunglasses. He probably could have rambled up there all night long. Corey Graves even alluded to it when he was introducing him by saying that he was always riding high, quote unquote, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, And then one of the last things that made me laugh 
And then lastly, Molly Holly, one of one of the big highlights for me, her opening line in her speech. There are only two people to have their heads shaved at WrestleMania. One is the most influential person to ever step foot in the ring. The other is Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, who famously had a hair versus hair match versus, or actually it was Umaga for Vince McMahon versus Bobby Lashley for, for the Don at WrestleMania 23. And then Molly Holly versus Victoria in a hair versus hair match at WrestleMania 20. Uh, I love this quote. It, ma- it made me literally laugh out loud because uh, Molly Holly at WrestleMania 20 getting her head shaved. WrestleMania 20 has a special place in my heart. It was the first WrestleMania I was able to watch live. So that was that was pretty funny. All right, moving on, Joe. Guess what? What's up? AEW still had a show on Wednesday night going up against night one of NXT TakeOver. Uh, I assumed that AEW would probably put on a stinker of a show because going up against a pay-per-view caliber show that NXT was putting on. Uh, but it's very apparent that, one, no matter what... Or who they go up against, AEW is not going to do that. And two, I don't think it's possible for them to put on a bad AEW Dynamite. Uh, we started the show. We had Hangman Adam Page versus Platinum Max Caster. And what basically was a number one contender match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. They they started the match by saying Hangman was already the number one contender. I don't remember them saying that in weeks past. And Max Caster, I don't remember him being in the top five at all. But I guess... I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to the rankings, but Adam Page ended up winning, and it appears that we might be moving forward for Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. Former friends, former partners, former tag team champions going head-to-head for the world championship, and I think it's going to probably be at their May pay-per-view, double or nothing. Hopefully, it's Adam Page's crowning moment. Yeah, uh... So I'm ready for Adam Page. I think that he is such a good wrestler, uh, and I think that he automatically took a, a a backlight to Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega is who he is, the Omega. Uh, He's the best. Yeah, that, and that's what Omega means most of the time. Uh, I guess I I don't know about that. I don't speak Latin. I don't think most. <laughs> it's also not Latin. That's Greek. <laughs> I don't speak Greek either. So so it's it's fair it's fair to say that I don't speak Greek or Latin, which is what my original phrase was. So mo- moving on, other noteworthy things. Chris Jericho cut a fucking scathing promo on the Pinnacle in MJF, saying MJF actually stood up for my jerk off friend. I loved that. Uh, they finally set up the long way to blood and guts match, which is basically a war games match. From what I can tell, I, I, it's either similar or the same as a war games match. It's the match that we were supposed to have last March where the inner circle is supposed to go head to head with the elite. But now this time it's going to be the inner circle versus pinnacle MJF, my jerk off friends stable. That's going to happen on May 5th in a, uh, the blood and guts match. I mean, there's really nothing else to say about that other than. It's going to be fucking amazing. Uh, the only thing I want to add to that is that Chris Jericho said possibly the funniest thing that I have ever heard, which is he he was insulting Wardlow's intelligence where he said that, that he would have to take off his pants in order to count to 21. Oh, no. He <laughs> said he would have to get he would have to take off all every piece of his clothing to count to 21 and then said. You get what I'm saying. So, we're, <laughs> and that we're, that was just hilarious to we're, me. We're not going to go into that, but you know, 
You get what we're saying. <laughs> and you get what Chris was saying. And then in the main event, we had the Young Bucks and John Moxley versus Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers in a six-man tag team match. They had set up this story throughout the match and kind of throughout the week where like any anytime Omega was in the ring with his former friends, the Young Bucks, they wouldn't really hit any major moves on each other. Uh, kind of like exhibition style. This kind of pissed off John Moxley. So he tagged himself in and hit two paradigm shifts on Omega late in the match and went for some other final move. It didn't look like he was going for another paradigm shift. Kind of grabbed Omega from behind. And the Bucks finally turned full heel. They super kick Moxley and fully align themselves once again with the Bullet Club, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Uh, I'm pretty interested to see where this goes. It's really just like kind of the beginnings of where they're going with this. But I'm I'm excited. I'm interested to see where they go with this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's something that we're definitely watching. And I'm very excited to see what happens with Moxley, especially from this. All right. But more importantly, on Wednesday night, we had NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1. And we'll start with the pre-show match, Joe. Everyone in our predictions contest picked Tony Storm to win over Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark picks up the win. She looked awesome. I think she's definitely a future NXT Women's Champion. What do you think? I barely knew who Zoe Stark was before this match. Pretty much like like a month ago, if you said Zoe Stark, I would have said, who the fuck is that? If you said a, uh, two days ago, I wouldn't have really remembered who Zoe Stark was. I know that she's uh, been on NXT in the past, but Wednesday night definitely solidified her as a legitimate competitor in NXT, and I'm very excited to see what she has to do. Yeah, and then the next match uh, kind of broke my heart because I had Kushida. But Pete Dunne k- takes down Kushida and probably what was competing for the hardest-hitting match of the night with Walter and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, it, it was just, uh, as, as, the, the, as, the, as the Brits would say, a, a, a lovely opening to the show. Yeah, uh, I am totally contrary to Dylan here. I was very excited to see Dunne win. Uh, if you listened to our last episode, you would have known that I picked Pete, Peter, Peter, Mr. Mr. Dunn, to win uh, this match. So I was stoked, uh, and my enthusiasm continued through most of the night. And I, that's not a brag. That's a... We call it a humble brag. Well, we could call it a humble brag, but realistically, that's just me giving a forecast to what happens for the rest of the it's night. It's not just a prediction. It's a spoiler. Oh, yeah, sure. One of the other things that came out of this match and after night two is uh, Pete Dunne tweeting at our new NXT champion, Karrion Cross, which we'll talk about that. I think that that's going to be the next NXT championship feud, Karrion Cross versus Pete Dunne, which is going to be amazing. Five star. Yeah, it gets you into a weird place, though. You know, we, we, we've already kind of alluded to this earlier tonight where you do have a heel versus heel dynamic. So what WWE can do here is either choose to turn someone face, and in that case, I think it's Pete Dunne again, which I think kind kind of does something to his character because he's been face, he's been heel, he's maybe going to be face again. Uh, well, I, I think I think Karrion will be the face in this in this. Oh, really? Going forward, yeah, I, I think I think that they're going to push Karrion Cross as a face. See, uh, that's something I haven't even considered. Well, maybe you should start doing that. I suppose that's something I should do. 
All right, next we had the uh, six-man gauntlet match. The rules ended up being exactly what Joe talked about in our last episode, uh, where it was not a real, like, uh, like a... Nice, Dewey. Nice. No, that was good. Good for you, drinking a beer. It was not uh, what I thought it was going to be, where it was going to be one-on-one, you pin somebody, the next person comes in, you pin somebody until there's only one man standing. It was kind of like a rumble style or a battle royal style match where you had two people start every three minutes. Somebody else came in and ended up where they had, I think, all six people in the match come in all the way at the end after uh, L.A. Knight came in. And I thought they were going to be setting up Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano to blow off that feud on night two. It turns out it looks like NXT is moving forward with Dexter Loomis versus L.A. Knight, which is going to be great. But Bronson Reed ends up picking up the win here, who in our predictions contest, Bree was the only person who picked Bronson Reed, so that ended up being great for her. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about the Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano match when we get to the night two recap. Any thoughts on the gauntlet match, Joe? Yeah, so aside from the gauntlet match being a good follow-up to the previous match, I have to I have to definitely say that I in no way expected Bronson Reed to be the winner of this match. Yeah, we had talked about Leon Ruff maybe like going sneaking in and getting all the way through and he ended up being the first person eliminated. We had never thought about Bronson Reed, the big guy that everyone goes for the big guy in multi-man matches. Yeah, I uh, I I yeah, we talked about Leon Ruff for me, Bronson Reed maybe made it to the final four, but for him to win and then go on to put on an actually really good night, night two, was very surprising for me. And then we cut to, in my opinion, the best match of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, regardless of what night you're looking at it. Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT United Kingdom Championship. One of the hardest hitting matches I've ever seen. The only small complaint I have goes for pretty much the final three matches is that because this was also broadcast on USA Network along with being broadcast on Peacock, they needed to end by 10 p.m., which kind of sucked for the last three matches because the the first two, I feel like they probably went over a little bit. And I I feel like Walter versus Champa could have probably been one of those Dave Meltzer six or seven star matches had it gone on for another five to seven minutes. Yeah, this match could have gone on for the rest of the the eight to ten block, and I wouldn't have complained. I don't think anybody would have. I, th- I think the entire crowd would have been cheering fight forever. Yeah, which is something we'll talk about on a, for, on a future episode. We're not huge fans of the fight forever chant here. Just, just picture, I'm just going to talk about it right now. Picture yourself as a fan. And you're chanting "Fight Forever" for, let's say, uh, the 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 match I've seen "Fight Forever" chance the most at. It's fucking Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Any of their matches they've ever had has always included a "Fight Forever" chant. You really want to pay your hard-earned money to go to a wrestling show and sit there forever, for fucking ever. That's the last thing the same, you're going to do. And watch the same two people wrestle forever. I know that none of these people are actually being serious about fighting forever, but maybe just, you know, stick with this is awesome or holy shit instead of fight forever or uh, stick with yay boo punches. 
Yeah, love or, those. Or uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the fight for a reasonable amount of time so that we all get what we paid for. Chance. Like sleep, we could also get sleep. Yeah, we want to sleep eventually. Chance. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. All right, then we have the triple threat tag team match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships, pitting MSK versus the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Legato Del Fantasma. It was awesome. MSK ends up picking up the win once again over the Grizzled Young Veterans. Did not think that they would be pinning the Grizzled Young Veterans here. I I love that they actually made it a triple threat match where one member of each team was legal at all times. We literally saw it on SmackDown tonight where they had the Fatal 4-Way for the SmackDown tag titles where only two teams were legal at once. I hate that kind of multi-team tag match. You always got to have one member of each team in there. It makes it chaotic. I love chaos. Just doing it how they did on on Friday where during the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match is not the way to do it. This was absolutely wonderful. It was a huge coming out party for Legato Del Fantasma, I thought. And I thought that they should have been the first challengers to MSK for the Tag Team Championships. But then we got the pre-show match on night two which we'll talk about when we get there. But, I mean, maybe in the future, I, I do think MSK will take down those the winners of the pre-show match on night two. But I think Legato Del Fantasma has a, has a title shot waiting for them in the wings in the future. See, I'm a big fan of the Tornado, tornado Tag Team matches because you get to see that. Uh, whereas with the normal rules in most of the companies, and especially WWE, you get a single member of a single tag team going up against each other, and then another tag team comes in. And maybe you get a a group finisher every once in a while, but unless things really break down, you're not seeing the full tag team action. Yeah, you'll sometimes get the big like powerbomb slash superplex spot that they do all the time in these multi-team matches. But yeah, I mean, you can easily do that in one of these matches where they have every team legal at the same time. So... It just doesn't make any sense that they don't do this. I think that maybe the only thing, the only argument they might have is like Fatal 4-Way versus Triple Threat. Fatal 4-Way might be a little bit too much because you've got a team in every corner. So like anytime you're in a corner, you have someone to tag. Like there's someone there to tag, which could make it kind of crazy. But the Triple Threat I thought was wonderful. It, it, it was one of the best matches of the entire TakeOver altogether. Uh, And then in the main event of night one, we've got Raquel Gonzalez beating Io Shirai to win the NXT Women's Championship. Shirai, once again, jumped off of something. (laughs) This time she jumped off the skull that was at the head of the entrance ramp. She had previously jumped off of the In Your House takeover. She jumped off the house. And then she jumped off of what Joe and I loved the most. Her, her, the best thing that Shirai has done that entertained us the most was the War Games match <laughs> where she was on top of the cage and put a trash can around her entire body and just flailed off of the, off of the cage. I love that. And then uh, wasn't it Candice LeRae who did, did a stomp on her? Yeah, she like stomped the trash can and kind of trapped her in the trash yeah, can. It was, like, it was like hilarious. You automatically saw the, the, or you immediately saw the shift in, this is a, this is a cool spot to, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh I fuck. I might be stuck I in this trash can. 
It was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, the the Shirai jumping off the skull at the at the entrance ramp, it wasn't enough. Gonzalez hits her one arm power bomb. She gets the pin on Shirai. She becomes the 13th NXT Women's Championship. We had a pre-show match on night two, Joe. Killian Dane and Drake Maverick take down Brizango and become the number one contenders to MSK's NXT Tag Team Championships. This was a match. It was there. It was on the pre-show. It's definitely a match that was there. Uh, and it was a match that I don't think could have gone horribly wrong because you had Tyler Breeze and Fandango. But I, that I can't say much more about the match. You the know? only other thing I might say about that is Killian Dane and Drake Maverick are a very fun team to watch. I, I do like Their it. entrance music is also wonderful. Yeah, their entrance music definitely is very fun. Uh, I think that the fact that it goes along with Killian Dane makes it even better because if you look back a couple years ago at the NXT takeovers or NXT in general, you had Killian Dane in Insanity, which was just a polar opposite. <laughs> I think just him being a big hairy man having that gleeful music just is just hilarious. Yeah, I think that's I, what makes it funny. I, I, I think that they're doing this well. Uh, I think that humor in wrestling is very important, and I think that Killian Dane with Drake Maverick has just been uh, just been really enjoyable so far. All right, main card time. We've got our first match: Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar in a ladder match to become the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Championship. The crowd absolutely hated Jordan Devlin, and then all of a sudden. Here comes Legado del Fantasma on the outside, helping. They're inter- they interfere for Santos Escobar, and I was afraid they were about to do a double turn. It ended up not being the case. Escobar picks up the win and greets his son at, at the head of the entrance ramp for the basically win the crowd back over. I was very afraid that he was going to win and the crowd was going to boo him. Jordan Devlin is a very natural heelish figure. It was it was the best way they could have done this. I, I just wish they wouldn't have done the interference, but he's part of the Legado del Fantasma, so obviously they were going to interfere, I guess. Yeah, Dylan and I actually had a pretty funny conversation in the middle of this match where uh, we were we were actually talking about exactly that, is that everyone was cheering Escobar and uh, booing Devlin, and I said something stupid to the effect of, uh, Jordan Devlin is the foreign heel, which uh, WWE tends to play on that dynamic a lot. Is is all there, the time? Yeah, definitely all the time. Is that the the person, the non-American person, is the, is the heel in the dynamic, and they they push that for a very long time. See Sheamus, who's been a heel since WrestleMania 33. Uh, I said, yeah, Jordan Devlin's the foreign heel here, and Dylan said. Santos Escobar is also not from America, and that just made me feel like a very dumb person. Just the fact that you thought that this could be like America versus some other country other than America was just baffling to me. I was like, who? Wait, even if you looked at the guys' names, you would think Jordan Devlin is the American just by yeah. looking at the names, but yeah. it, it cannot be America versus other country in this match. It, yeah. it was just bad. It was it, it was crazy to me. Like, well. This is just what we get for playing this drinking game and, you know, being the way that we are. We get super hammered during every pay-per-view and, you know, thoughts like this come out. And I I think where it really ended up lying is that 
uh, Santos was in NXT and Devlin was in NXT UK. And if anything says that he's the, the foreign heel, is that the UK is attached to that? But I, sure. I, underst- I understand now that that is a stupid, a stupid thought uh, and that we had heel versus heel and I should have just accepted that at the time and waited to see what the crowd said and what the end of the match said to, uh, to determine who was the heel and who was the face in this. Yeah, I guess so. Well, the next match that we had, kind of like Pete Dunne versus Kushida in night one, this one fucking hurt because I had the way. We had Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart retaining their NXT Women's Tag Team Championships against The Way, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell. And like I said, I had The Way. There wasn't a whole lot to say about this match. It was it was it was a good match. I'm just I'm just really salty about not getting my pick right of of The Way. Uh, but I, I'm I'm very much convinced now that NXT is just never going to let Candice LeRae win a championship. Which which in my opinion, like being married to Johnny Takeover she's Candace takeover should be Candace takeover. She should be, she should be just reigning in gold, but they're never going to let her do that. You can't, you can't say reigning in gold. Uh, undisputed era is broken up now. No. All right. She should just be, she should just be always wearing gold, whether that be the NXT women's championship or the NXT women's tag team championships. She should always like, she's one of the best women's wrestlers on the NXT roster probably in the entire WWE or NXT roster. She, the fact that they haven't like they've given her title shots. They've always put her down. It's, it's just criminal to me. I don't know. She needs, she needs to pick up a, in 2021. If Candice LeRae does not win a championship, I will be so heartbroken. I don't have any other ultimatum for myself other than the fact that I'll be heartbroken. Yeah. I've already talked about this match. I thought that the title should have stayed on black Heart and moon. And they did, uh, and I think that'll set up a good title run for Raquel Gonzalez for an eventual loss to Ember Moon somewhere down the road. Two-time title holder, Ember Moon. All right, then we get into match number three. We have Johnny Gargano, Johnny Takeover, as I said before, as many people have said before. Pins Bronson Reed to retain the NXT North American Championship after hitting two straight one final beats to finally put Reed away. Who do we think is going to challenge Gargano for the NXT North American Championship next? I have no idea. I, well, I, I say that I have no idea. Well, I've but already talked I about actually Pete have Dunne. a very good idea of who is going to challenge Johnny Gargano. I'm surprised that it wasn't Mr. Loomis tonight, or sorry, uh, Thursday night. Uh, and I think that this feud will continue to build. And Dexter Loomis will be the person that challenges him next and eventually take the title off of him. Really? Uh, I was going to say, we already talked about Pete Dunne. I think he's going for the NXT championship. So, yeah, I kind of agree. It's probably going to be this Dexter Loomis versus LA Knight feud, whichever one of them comes out on top here within the next couple weeks. They're probably going to do some sort of blow-off match. It'll probably be the winner of that that goes on to face Johnny. Dexter Loomis being the obvious face there. I think you're right. It will be Dexter Loomis and finally blow off this feud. I just wish they would have done it here. I would have gotten a lot more points in the predictions contest. Which brings us into the NXT Championship match, Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross, where Karrion Cross comes off on top. What do you think about that, Dylan? Well, I mean, up to this point in the show, I thought that night one was miles better than night two. 
Uh, but then, you know, the two main events happened. It kind of changed all that. The the first one being Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. He Finn Balor did everything he could to try and wear out Karrion Cross, injure like trying to take shots at the what they call the liver, basically just taking shots his midsection and also his uh, his formerly injured shoulder. Tried to get him injured, uh, but in the in the end, Cross was uh, kicked out of the coup de gras. Hits his signature moves and once again becomes NXT champion for the second time. Uh, I think after watching this and just kind of seeing the reaction on the internet, uh, I do think that you were right. I think Finn Balor might be moving back up to the main roster. Yeah, I saw it Thursday night too. Uh, when Finn Balor was coming into the ring, they they showed all of his acolytes, right? They showed his... Accolades? Uh, accolades. Yeah, I saw it Thursday night too. Uh, when Finn Balor was coming into the ring, they showed all of his accolades. They showed his accomplishments in NXT. They showed his accomplishments in Raw and SmackDown. And then they showed his accomplishments in NXT again in the background. And then he put on a hell of a match against Karrion Cross. And I don't think that there's any chance that Finn Balor is going to stay in NXT because he's done what he needed to do to reestablish himself. And now he's going to move back to Raw and SmackDown and establish himself again as that main event talent. And now, main event time, night two, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole in an unsanctioned match. Would it live up to the hype, Joe? Do you think it lived up to the hype? Yeah, I think it absolutely lived up to the expectation and the hype. You know, we had these two guys that have been working together for the past several years, just beating the shit out of each other, weapon use, uh, wherever, whatever they wanted to do, they did. And they delivered for an hour straight. Yeah, it was... It was amazing. I don't, I don't think I legitimately don't think that this is the best match on NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver. I think Walter versus Champa still outdid this one, but there there are some major spots that stick out to me. Cole using the chain to they hooked it up onto the top rope and basically used it to clothesline O'Reilly and then hit a backstabber with it. I thought that was awesome. Uh, there was also both of the spot where both of them went through the stage. Then another one was when. Cole went to hit the last shot on O'Reilly, and O'Reilly basically collapsed, which I don't know if it was a callback, but it reminded me of the Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada match at New Japan's Dominion show in 2017, where they did the 60-minute time limit draw, the famous six-and-a-quarter star match for from Dave Meltzer, where basically Okada went to hit the, the Rainmaker finisher on Omega, and Omega just collapsed, and the match ended up in a time limit draw. But Kyle O'Reilly finally picked up the win, hit a top rope knee on Cole through an upside down chair, which I thought was pretty ugly. I There was a point in the match where I was like, are they really going to fucking suplex each other through this upside down chair? Beth Phoenix even was like, if they do this, they're going to get impaled. And I was like, you're right, Beth. Don't let them do this. Please don't do this. Uh, it ended up just being like uh, Cole basically set himself up after he got knocked down. He set himself up on the chair. And Kyle O'Reilly hit a knee through the back of his head while he was propped up on the bottom of the chair and picked up the win. Uh, so moving on, we are bringing in Dewey and Bree. We are going to have 
our WrestleMania 37 predictions coming up right now. Let's go. All right, getting into our WrestleMania 37 predictions. We have already gone through NXT TakeOver Night 1 and 2. Our predictions contest is in full swing. Tied for first place, we have Joe and our buddy from work, Chad, at 18 points. At 16 points, we've got Dewey and Bree, who are joining us now. At 14 points, we have myself, Andy, and Zoe, the married couple. Andy is a friend from work as well. And then at 12 points, we have my wife, Leslie, and our good buddy, Adam, who will be joining us on Saturday and Sunday to watch WrestleMania live with us. He may or may not be joining us for Mondays, or excuse me, he may or may not be joining us for Tuesday's show when we give our WrestleMania 37 reactions. And without further ado, we're going to start with our first match here. So first up, we have the tag team turmoil match where the winners of the match get to be the number one contenders to face Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler on night two for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. We have Alana and Naomi versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus the Riot Squad, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot versus Natalia and Tamina versus Billy Kay and Carmella, who were just added to the match last night on Friday Night SmackDown. Dewey, who do you got? Uh, I just wanted to first say that I'm appreciated of joining the drunk dudes talking wrestling show for the first time on show one uh but for this first match since i'm going to lead off strong i'm gonna go with lana and naomi i'm gonna feel the glow all the way here uh i think they're gonna take it out they're gonna put on a good match for night two uh against tamina no i'm sorry fuck nia Jax and Shayna baszler uh feel the glow all the way here easy prediction Joe, who do you have in this match and why? Uh, So right away, I'm upset with myself for agreeing with Dewey, but I do have to go with Lana and Naomi, and I'm going to put a little bit more thought into this. Right, Lana has been building herself against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for months now. Specifically, Nia Jax, she's she's put Lana through a table, I don't know, eight, nine, ten times. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and then there's Naomi who hasn't been a champ since I think it was 2017, the same year as WrestleMania 33, uh, where she had that feud with Natalia. It was when, uh, on WrestleMania 33, when she won the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah. I don't remember who she feuded with directly after that. I, I don't have a great Oh, memory. you know what? It, uh, I get drunk at a lot of these pay-per-views, so it, I don't really remember a whole lot. Yeah, I, I think Natalia eventually won it from Naomi, and then Charlotte had that flair. Uh, or <laughs> she did have that flair. Charlotte always has that flair. But specifically, Charlotte had that feud with Natalia about using their... Using the name, oh yeah, they had Bret Hart and Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah, it was them. it was yeah, uh, Natalia. Natalia accused Charlotte of using her name to establish herself, and then Charlotte was like, "WTF, bruh? Uh, you also have a name." <laughs> Everyone has a name, Joe. But yeah, I agree with you. So I had originally gone 
here for the only team that's actually a fucking team, which is the Riot Squad, and not just two women thrown together. But then on Friday, Carmella and Billy Kay got added to this match. And let me tell you, Billy Mania is going to run wild on all these bitches. And Carmella and Billy Kay, Kay Mella, is going to take the throne here. What do you think, Brie? Well, I think that uh, Naomi and Lana uh, are really going to be the winners here. Uh, I feel like I'm cheating because you and Dewey both said that. Uh, it's not uh, cheating if that's what you originally no, predicted. It, yeah, no, but uh, so here's my thing: is that I feel like they're the only cohesive team, the only the only team that really has momentum here. Yeah, yeah, maybe I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Well, all right, Bree, Bree going with Lana and Naomi. I'm the only one not going with Lana and Naomi so far, and we'll see what everyone else predicts when we when we tweet out the full prediction sheet from everyone else, to include Chad. Andy, Zoe, Adam, and Leslie. That'll be coming out right before WrestleMania night one. And then we'll have our predictions for night two in full before night two starts. Leading into our second prediction for the night, we have Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. And in my honest opinion, Cesaro is going to come out on top. And you can write that down as my prediction, Dylan. Uh, Cesaro has not had a singles match at WrestleMania in the entire time he's been in WWE. And I think that it is his time. I think that Seth Rollins is a fucking dick most of the time, which means he's doing his job well. But I think that Cesaro is in his time to shine. What do you think, Dill? So, first single match for Cesaro at WrestleMania, you say? Yeah. A a big match... For Cesaro, you would say? I would say yes. Would you also say Seth Rollins lost last year against Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 36? Yes. It doesn't matter what you say because Cesaro is finally picking up the win here. So yeah, I I agree with you. Hopefully it results in a big push for Cesaro. Uh, I think hopefully it ends up with him moving into the universal title picture I don't know if it's going to end up in that. I mean, obviously, they built up the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania 30 so big, and then Cesaro never got anything. But hopefully, this is the one, this big singles match here at WrestleMania, his first one ever, is going to put him over and put him in the universal title picture. So you're saying this is his moment at WrestleMania? His his WrestleMania moment? Yes. <laughs> I was All just right. trying not to get it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I, I, Bree, what do you think? Uh, I have to agree with you guys that uh, this is going to be Cesaro's match. Rollins and Cesaro are both uh, big names, uh, but I think Rollins can take a take a better fall than Cesaro can at the moment, uh, and I think it's Cesaro's time to shine. Um, interesting, so. interesting, interesting. So I think th- I think they're both going to go far, but I think it's Cesaro's time. All right then. Dewey, what do you think? As you both alluded to, WrestleMania is a time of moments, and by God, this is the Swiss Cyborgs moment, like on a on a pedestal. Hands down, Cesaro takes it, no questions asked. Seth Rollins, go home to Becky Lynch, uh, but you're not winning tonight. Third match to predict, we've got Bad Bunny 
and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. They just announced on Monday that this is now a tag team match. I'll go first. This one is easy for me. This is a celebrity match at WrestleMania. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest go over here, no doubt. Dewey, put your fucking mortgage on it. Joe, put your mortgage on it. No no doubt in my mind, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest here. Bree, what do you think? Uh, I have to agree here. Uh, it's um, sort of a thing for me. I can't stand The Miz, to be honest with okay. you. Okay, uh, And Not many uh, people can. Yeah, the just ostentatious personality. I, I, I just can't deal with. Uh, so I would have gone with Bad Bunny and the Priest uh, to begin with. Uh, <laughs> the priest, the Damien priest, the Damien priest. All right, Dewey. Uh, I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna take the latter on this one. Uh, I'm gonna take the Miz and John Morrison over Bad Bunny and Damien Priest. Whoa. Uh, I think that this is this is Bad Bunny's time to shine. And he will definitely show out, and he will give the Miz more than he reckons with. Uh, but the Miz is going to have a card up his sleeve here, and I definitely think that the Bad Bunny and Damian Priest are going to show out. But Miz is going to come on top. I've, as much as I hate the Miz, they're going to take it here. And I'm very, very glad that you picked the Miz and John Morris in here, Dewey, because it just makes. My job as winning of winning the title that much easier because there's no other option except Bad Bunny and, as Bree so delicately put it, the priest. You mean eloquently? No, I meant what I said. You said delicate. Deliquately. Eloquent. No, you haven't. You haven't heard of the word deliquately. No. Is that just another word that you made up, like amenable? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Amendously. Amendously. Okay. Sure, Joe. All right. Joe's Joe's going with uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Dewey, the only one here that's going with Miz and Morrison. We'll see how that goes. All right. So the next match we're predicting is Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. And in my opinion, this feud is the lamest feud of the night. Right, so this whole feud has resolved around Shane McMahon calling Braun Strowman stupid. He's resulted to schoolyard bullying the entire time, and it's it's been incredibly immature and kind of annoying to watch, uh, especially when Braun Strowman gets up there and he's like, You called me stupid! I'm not stupid! It's It's just been so... It's so immature. And then you insert a train noise. Yeah, and, and then the train noise comes in, like Dylan said, and it's 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 just it's just silly, and it's not it's not silly in the fun way. It's just silly, but it eventually led us to the steel cage match, which I am kind of excited to see because I think that Shane McMahon always shows up at WrestleMania, and that Braun Strowman can excel in a steel cage. So. I think that this match can be good, but this feud has not been that fun for me to watch. So our first person that's going to predict here is Bree. Bree, what do you think? Um, I think it's got to be Braun Strowman. I'm always going to pick him uh, generally, but I think if this feud continues and McMahon uh, 
wins, then this lame sort of feud goes on. I think Braun's the the stronger pick. Uh, I think he's going to come out on top and that this uh, sort of debacle will be smashed at this point. What do you think, Dewey? How do you think this is going to play out? I would like to agree uh, that this feud has not been quite as what uh, the writers uh, have had this up to be. Uh, WrestleMania is all about moments, and when I hear Shane McMahon is in a steel cage match at WrestleMania, he's jumping from something. It's going to be high. It's going to be exciting. Uh, However, as previously discussed, uh, it's been Braun versus Shane's lackey. Uh, This is time where uh, Braun's help comes in. So look for Shane to jump from someone and Braun to get some help from someone unexpected. And then Braun takes the W here. Sorry, Shane O'Mac. You're going to jump from something. It's going to hurt a lot. Best of luck. I'm gonna go with Braun here. See, I I think your 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 prediction is right, but your thoughts on it are not necessarily right. Right? We have a steel cage match here. If we go towards the traditional rules of a steel cage match, then Shane McMahon is not able to jump off anything except the inside of the steel cage. Right? Because if Shane McMahon did get outside of the ring, then he would be the winner. So if Shane McMahon's going to jump out or off of anything, then it has to be after the match is over, and that's fine. I'm okay with that, but it would invalidate Braun Strowman's win in the end. Uh, So I'm going to say that Braun Strowman's going to take the W on this inside the steel cage via pinfall or submission. Don't write that down, Dylan. I'm I'm taking Braun Strowman, not necessarily the final results. Yeah, we never we never go based off of the result of the match, but yeah, we're all on Braun Strowman here. Uh, I actually went back and forth on this one. I originally thought that Shane McMahon would, might pick up the win with some heelish antics or something random, and him outsmarting Braun Strowman. Basically, what this entire feud is based upon. Right. <laughs> or, uh, but. If, if that happens, if, if Shane picks up the win over Braun, then this feud continues past WrestleMania. And I can't think of a single person in the entire world other than maybe Shane McMahon and, I don't know, maybe Vince McMahon that would want that to happen. So I'm going with Braun Strowman to win here because this feud should have ended like a month ago. All right, the next match we have to predict, we've got the Raw Tag Team Championship match. Champions, The New Day, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods taking on AJ Styles and Omos. Dewey, who do you have and why? I'm just going to start off saying it sucks leading off this prediction. Uh, I'm going to go with The New Day. It's hard to go against fan favorites. Uh, the, the cards are stacked against them. They got, they're going against a seven-footer without Biggie. Really? Uh, there's gonna be there, you got a real fan crowd behind there. There's gonna be New Day rocks chants going. They're gonna find Kofi is gonna find some creative way to counter something from the seven footer. Not to say that AJ Styles and Omos Omos is going to not put on a great show. I think Omos is gonna put on a great debut here, but New Day retains easy pick. 
I got to disagree with you there, Dewey. I think that AJ Styles and Omos are going to come out on top. New Day, 12-time champs, are going to be Hall of Fame worthy, but they are 12-time champs, and this is... 11. 11-time champs. I think. Probably. Uh, they are 11 or 12-time champs, and this is WrestleMania, right? Uh, so you got AJ Styles here who hasn't held a championship championship in a while. Uh, and I think it's the Undertaker who said AJ Styles could put on a match between or with a wooden board and still make it look amazing, right? So AJ Styles, regardless of of the tenacity and skill of the New Day is going to put on an incredible match and he is going to carry the entire thing and come out on top regardless of how Omos, Kofi, and Xavier perform in the ring tonight. Yeah, so the more I thought about this, the more I was coming to the realization that it's Omos's in-ring debut, which, what does that mean? Drinking game? Finish a beer? Finish your fucking beer. It also means that AJ Styles and Omos are going to pick up the win here, plain and simple. I have nothing else to say about that. Uh, I think this is one of the easier picks. I I just don't... New Day have done everything they ever need to do as a tag team, whether it be any sort of combination of the three of them. And Omos, with it being his in-ring debut, picks up the win here with AJ Styles. Bree, your pick. All right, guys, so I think uh, we're at the point now where we're uh, two and two. I have to agree with Dewey here where uh, I think it's going to be the new day. Um, and that's because I think this uh, forces a future potential split between Omos and Styles. Uh, I think it plays into the storyline better. Yeah, and that's where I'm at on that. Interesting. They only just came together within the last couple months, but I've seen splits happen faster. Why two, AJ? That one cuts too deep. Yeah, a little bit too deep. The next match for the night is Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. And Bobby Lashley, in my opinion, has to come out on top here. Drew McIntyre won the WWE Championship from Brock Lesnar last year at WrestleMania. So it's somebody else's turn to get their WWE moment, solidify their championship reign, Bobby Lashley is the winner in this match. What do you think, Dylan? This, uh, I think out of both nights, was maybe with the exception of the triple threat match on night two, the hardest match for me to predict. Both guys are on absolute fire. They're at the top of their game. Lashley just won the title last month against The Miz. So you one would think that WWE would want to give Lashley a nice long reign. It's his first ever reign, just kind of like what they did with McIntyre last year. And he, he deserves it very much. However, fans are back. And when Drew McIntyre originally, was, originally won the WWE Championship last year, it was supposed to be in front of fans, but COVID happened. He never got his big title win in front of fans last year. And we've got 25,000 strong at Raymond James Stadium this year. I don't want to be the guy who bets on Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre wins. I will just feel like the dumbest person in the world. So it has to happen this year. Drew McIntyre picks up the win in front of fans, gets his ovation. This match is going on first for a reason. It has to be McIntyre getting his moment. 
Drew McIntyre picks up the win and becomes the new WWE champion. Bree, what's your pick? Um, so normally I would uh, be a big Drew McIntyre fan, uh, but I don't think there's a, a lot for the crowds and fans to get excited about. Uh, I think uh, I think Bobby Lashley has it, and simply for the uh, the excitement point of the fans. Uh, like I said, uh, Drew McIntyre would normally be my pick, but I think for the ongoing story, uh, that it has to be Bobby Lashley. I would be surprised if the fans cheer harder for Bobby Lashley, but we have absolutely no idea what they're going to do. They haven't been around for over a year. It's, it's, it's going to be a toss up to see what they do here. Uh, Dewey swing it over to you. Who do you have in this match? I'm going to go Drew McIntyre on this. Uh, I've been doing these predictions not on air or not on podcast for quite some time. And Bobby Lashley has always fucked me. And I will <laughs> never, ever go with Bobby Lashley, no matter what the stakes are. So uh, for me, just a personal decision, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley will be fighting a bag of rocks. And I would still go with a bag of rocks somehow. Main event, night one. SmackDown Women's Champion Sasha Banks versus the winner of the 2021 Women's Royal Rumble, Bianca Belair. And for me, it's passing of the torch time. Even though Sasha Banks is technically younger than Bianca Belair, Bianca Belair is the future of the women's division. She won the Royal Rumble, and I think it's her time for a championship run. Bianca Belair picks up the win here, and you can bank on that. Bree, who do you have and why? Uh, no, I completely agree with you that it's uh, going to be Bianca Belair. Uh, I think we have to start a new reign. Uh, as you said, pass the torch or pass the baton or whatever the fuck you said. It could be a baton, but yeah. I, I like torch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm completely on board with Bianca Belair. It's, it's, an, it's an Olympic year, so I prefer torch. <laughs> okay, well then we're going to pass the torch to Bianca Belair. Do we? Who do you have and why? I think that this is the easiest pick of the night. Bianca Belair, no questions asked. She steadily performed in the Royal Rumble, eliminating, I believe, like six-plus opponents easily, as well as lasting over 35 minutes in the Royal Rumble. The WWE is setting her up prominently. She She's the face of the WWE women's title. Bianca Belair all day, every day. Well, I think that... that- uh, we're definitely going for another sweep for tonight because uh, I also have Bianca Belair as the winner. It is WrestleMania. WWE always goes for the WrestleMania moment. Bianca Belair, the winner of the 2021 Women's Battle Royal, is going to come out on Royal top. Royal Rumble. What did I say? Battle Royal. Battle Royal, which is, or Royal Rumble, which is a Battle Royal. She's going to come out on top. She's going to be very excited, uh, which is going to make all of us fans very excited and carry that title into some somewhere we haven't seen that recently. Bianca Belair, number one. Let's go. All right, and that leads us into night two. We have the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships up for grabs. Champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus the winners of the tag team turmoil from night one, 
just as a reminder, we we do the predictions based off of it's not necessarily based off of like Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus who I picked, like Billy Kay and Carmella. It's just going to be based off of Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus the night one winner. So you're either picking Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, or you're picking night one winners, regardless of who you pick to win in night one. If you get it wrong, you still have a chance to get it right here. If you pick the night one winners, Bree, lead us off here. Who do you think is going to win and why? Um, I'm still pretty confident in uh, Naomi and Lana. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, if my uh, memory serves me well that uh, Lana and Jax had some previous beef in the past. You would be right. Yep. Uh, and I think uh, WrestleMania, you know, we're, we're coming to a, a conclusion here uh, that we've got to come to some sort of feel good era. I, I don't know a better word for that. Um, but we, we WrestleMania moment, Brie. Yeah. So some sort of sentimental moment. Uh, and I think that's where, uh, Lana and Naomi are going to come out on top. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. So Brie going with night one winners, Dewey, who do you have and why? I'm also going to go with night one winners. I have, Lana and Naomi to win night one. Even if I'm wrong there, I still think whoever wins night one is going to take this in night two. There's There hasn't been that many like good feuds in the women's tag team division. I think that this screams kerfuffle of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. And I would love to see a Shayna Baszler-Nia Jax feud coming in the upcoming months. I think that there's a mistag or there's some sort of like mishap and whoever wins night one, long shots, WrestleMania moment, night two, there you are. This one's not that tough for me, but it's tough for me to say because I am obviously going to go with the night one winners, but Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler have been dominating on SmackDown, Raw, and NXT for the past couple months. Now, that being said, I do not like them as a team. I am very ready for them to break up. I think that anybody that wins on night one will be ready to take them down, and I'm excited to not see Nia and Shayna as champs anymore. Agreed. I'm I'm very tired of seeing Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler as a team. I agree with Dewey. The feud that they have, hopefully in the upcoming months after they break up here, which I think will happen, will be great. I've got the night one winners. I I had Billy Kay and Carmella coming out on top in night one. They're going to win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Billy Mania is going to continue to run wild on all these bitches. And I'm sticking with the night one winners, the tag team turmoil winners. To pick up the win, Billy Kay and Carmelo will be the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Next up, we have Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. They've never put on a bad match before, so I doubt they'll put on a bad match tonight. I'm very excited to see this match. What do you think, Dewey? Uh, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I I think that this could be this could be main event material. This is. 
They've like 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 you said, never put on a bad match. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, top notch talent. They they used to be friends, now they're not friends. WWE has done really well in playing on that card. I would like I'm gonna I'm gonna root for the WrestleMania and the nostalgia. I think that there's a couple stunners in this match, and I'm going to go Kevin Owens. It's gonna be back and forth. You're gonna be standing up, even if you're in front of your TV or there. It's gonna be this is this this could be main event match worthy in my opinion. But Kevin Owens takes it. But it's not the main event, Dewey. Uh, but you're right. It, it definitely could be the match of the night. So here, here's the thing. I think that Sami Zayn has been delivering in a big way the past couple months. So the, he is my obvious pick. But regardless of who wins tonight, I'm excited to see it. Uh, Dylan, do you remember uh, last year after WrestleMania, Kevin Owens talked about what he wanted to do at WrestleMania, which was uh, at Raymond Jane Stadium, jump off that pirate ship? Yeah, I remember that. And uh, I've seen the stage. Yeah, I it's seeing the stage and seeing what Kevin Owens wanted to do Last year, I think that that's definitely a possibility this year. Uh, I think that it will be incredible regardless of who wins. And I'm very excited for it. But I think that with the last couple months of the conspiracy against Sami Zayn, with the Logan Paul and his brother, whose name escapes me right now. Jake. Jake Paul. There will be some amount of play between the two of them, uh, but I think that that Sammy comes out on top. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think Jake Paul is going to be there, but I'm expecting Logan Paul will somehow get involved in this match. But it's not going to be to help Sammy Zayn. It's going to be to help Kevin Owens. But Jake was there on SmackDown last night. Yeah, that was just like a like an exclusive video. I don't I don't think he's going to show up at WrestleMania. Oh, we'll see. But either way, I, I think that Logan Paul gets involved not to help Sami Zayn, but instead to help Kevin Owens, and it's going to add flame to Sami Zayn's conspiracy theory that everyone's out to get him. Kevin Owens picks up the win here. Uh, my my only real hope is that they give these guys enough time because, as Dewey said sort of said they're they're going to put on the match of the night he, he called it main event material it most certainly could be main event material if there was a title up for grabs here uh and as joe said i i do night two this is going to compete with the main event for match of the night as long as long as they give him time and as far as kevin owens jumping off of stuff i i feel like i have to disagree joe i don't think he's going to jump off the stage this year after just seeing the way that they built it they, they've built a pirate ship that's bigger than the one that's already there at Raymond James Stadium. You can see the original one like in the background and the crow's nest is like at least 100 feet in the air. So, I mean, if they build something for Kevin Owens to fall through and he jumps out of the crow's nest, that'd be fucking sweet. But, I mean, it's literally hundreds of uh, at least 100 feet in the air. If he jumps off something smaller than that, that would also be awesome. But this is also just a normal singles match, so... It's either going to have to happen before or after the match is concluded. Either way, I'm 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 here for Kevin Owens jumping off of whatever the fuck he wants to because he's going to do it awesomely. It's going to be great. It's going to be great to see. Uh, and then lastly, Bree, who do you have? 
All right, so I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach on this. Uh, I feel like uh, Owens has had a uh, quite a few losses against uh, Roman Reigns. He has. Uh, in, in the recent matches. Uh, and I think he's overdue for a win here. And Zayn's uh, persistence at the WWE is against him. Uh, I, I feel like it's going to play into the storyline pretty well that Owens is going to win. And Joe, you were saying that uh, Owens is going to jump off the pirate ship? Absolutely. Uh, well, having worked for Raymond James Stadium, uh, unless they build a different pirate ship. They did. They, Weird flex. Ouch. Uh, they, they did. Oh, they built a different pirate ship? It's huge. It's bigger than the, like I said, it's bigger than the one that's already there. Okay. I, I was just going to say, from the one that I know, that uh, it would be impossible not to land. Uh, in an improbable space. Yeah, it's even with the even with the one that they've built for the stage. It's it's going to be tough. They 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 built the part where like the wrestlers will come out and like and if you haven't seen the pictures and then they built they built that that's about fifteen to twenty feet tall and then they built a a pirate ship that's double the size of the one that's already at Raven James Stadium and put that on top of the stage. So like whatever however kevin owens jumps off of whatever he's going to jump off of it's going to be death defying i don't i don't okay yeah if they they built a new one then then that makes sense i I was just thinking of the the original it's in the corner of the end zone yeah it's Uh, it's literally right behind the one that they built though it's like that's the that is the end zone they built it in okay yeah all right next we've got matt riddle excuse me riddle United States champion Riddle versus Sheamus for the United States championship. Joe, who do you have and why? Uh, I got Sheamus. I think that Sheamus has solidified himself as a singles competitor throughout his entire feud with Drew McIntyre and even before that. And I would be hard-pressed to say that anybody else except Sheamus comes out on top here. I know that the only other alternative is Matt Riddle, Mr. Riddle, only Riddle. Uh, but, yeah, Sheamus, Sheamus comes out on top. He's He's been a force to be reckoned with, and I think that he can carry the United States Championship back into some kind of relevancy that Bobby Lashley had it at. I didn't think a whole lot of people would be picking Sheamus here, so I'm kind of surprised that you did here, Joe. But my prediction is strictly based off of what I saw on Monday Night Raw and how stupid WWE made Riddle's new entrance look when he does his uh, when he kicks his flip flops off when he goes in the ring. He had the pyro coming out. He still has all that. He now has multicolored CGI birds flying out from the ring toward the camera when he flips off his flops. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I wanted to go away yesterday. And strictly based off of that and how stupid it looked, I'm going with Sheamus. And that's that. Bree, who do you have? Well, uh, guys, I uh, I have Riddle on this one. Mm. Uh, anytime I've uh, picked Sheamus, it's kind of burned me. Uh, but I think uh, Riddle's pretty fresh into his title run, um, and I think that could continue. All right, all right. Dewey, who do you have and why? Uh, it's really hard to go against Mr. Riddle here. Uh, like you said, 
They have new they they have new graphics designed for the guy. Like I understand that you don't like them, but someone in some office thinks that it's a good idea. And I'm going to go with that guy in that office. I'm going to go with Matt Riddle or Mr. Riddle since he dropped his first name because he's too cool for that. It's just Riddle. It's just Riddle. Uh yeah. The next match we have tonight is Big E versus Apollo Crews. Uh, in a Nigerian drum fight match. I, I, I don't think I could do the explanation justice, so I'm going to turn this over to Dill with his prediction. Well, so I did some reading on the internet where you're not allowed to lie ever. So apparently a Nigerian drum fight is essentially like a street fight or a no disqualification match where the competitors are supposed to hit each other so hard that it sounds like the beat of a drum. Now... I didn't write this. Someone else on the internet wrote this. But like I said, you can't lie on the internet. So it has to be true. Apollo Crews has lost like 3,000 straight Intercontinental Championship matches in a row. So, And this is his stipulation. So in my opinion, it's finally his time to get a big win here versus Big E. And additionally, I'm hoping that this gives Big E the chance to move up to the universal title picture, kind of the same way that I predicted for Cesaro. Fingers crossed for both of them. I feel like one of them has to move up to the universal title picture after WrestleMania, so I'm basically going, one of these predictions has to win, whether it be Apollo Crews or Cesaro winning his match against Seth Rollins. So I'm going Apollo Crews here in the hope that Big E moves up the card to the universal title picture. Bree. Who do you have and why? Uh, I'm going to actually have to oppose you on this one, Dylan. Uh, I'm going to pick Big E on this. If I'm not mistaken, Cruz uh, has lost to Big E in the past. Uh, very many times. Yeah, very many times. And I feel like this is Big E's, uh, I guess, big stage Ooh. to uh, to show himself off and uh, retain the title. So Bree's taking Big E. I'm taking Apollo Cruz. Dewey, who who are you taking here? I think this is as sure bet as as anything throughout the night too. Going Apollo Cruz is very reminiscent of. Uh, I'm not quite sure the pay per view, but there was a flag match between Rusev and John Cena, where John Cena uh, beat Rusev. This is very very similar. It's same storyline. Apollo Cruz takes this. His match, his style, he doesn't lose. Sorry, Biggie. You are gonna go on to do bigger, better things, which you should be happy for, but tonight you're losing in WrestleMania night two. I'm excited for whatever Dylan said, which is Biggie moving towards the Universal Championship. Uh I'm going with Apollo Cruz here, and it's for strictly stupid reasons. You don't give someone an accent and a spear and a totally new wardrobe and a fake personality if you're not going to push them. Uh, so, Apollo Crews, you're coming out on top. I'm sorry, Biggie, that you have to lose the, the Intercontinental Championship, but I hope that there are things in your future that make up for that. The next match on the prediction sheet we have here, we have The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, versus... Randy Orton. Bree, we're going to start with you. Who do you have and why? 
I uh, I choose the fiend. Orton obviously uh, burned him alive a couple months ago, and he's just waiting for him to, uh, or not waiting for him, but uh, waiting for his chance to rise up. Uh, I think that if Orton won, that it would uh, completely destroy uh, the Fiend character, and I don't think the wrestling world's waiting uh, ready for that yet. Dewey, who do you have and why? I'm also going with the Fiend. The Fiend. The Fiend is a gimmick character right now for the WWE. If if he doesn't win now, he's never gonna win ever. Uh, especially with Randy Orton lighting him on fire. This is this is a pure revenge match. Watch the match be over very shortly. This is not going to be what the WWE, uh, going back to two Hell in a Cells ago, uh, has not managed this quite well. Try to look for them to bounce back here, but Fiend takes this 100%. Bet your last dollar on this 100%. Yeah, uh, I got the Fiend. I, I don't necessarily agree with your if the Fiend doesn't win this, then he's never going to win anything analysis because the Fiend is a two-time Universal Champion. I think that the WWE has done some injustice to the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, uh, being that he was such a force when he did debut. But I think that he still has a very large following and that he has been dominant to this force. Correction to this point and i think that he's going to win i don't think you set someone on fire pretend that they're dead and then bring them back at fast lane several months later and then you don't have them win it, it th- this feud goes back to wrestlemania 33 with the firefly funhouse match which i didn't enjoy too much that was just a regular singles match no what's that that was just a regular singles match to which no one enjoyed that it was just a regular single thing. Yeah, the only weird thing is that they had bugs projected under the ring. What was the what was the paper? That was at like extreme rolls or payback or one of those things. Oh, okay. Well I guess I'm wrong on that. But yeah. It goes back to the feud of WrestleMania thirty three, uh Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for the WWE championship. And I think that Bray Wyatt finally comes out on top here. Yeah, I agree. I'm surprised the only thing on the I'm, I'm I'm surprised with about this match is they're not going with a cinematic match here. I, I think maybe the only reason that they might not do it is because fans are back and they don't want the first show that fans are back post COVID is and have them required to be watching a match on a screen instead of directly in front of them. So I don't know. Maybe that's the reason. But either way, this match is going to end with the Fiend coming out on top, probably uh, burning Randy Orton alive it's going to it's going to end up with some well-deserved payback and hopefully for the love of god finally ending this feud. I'm tired of people throwing up black licorice looking goop out of their mouth and hopefully this is just over after this. This along with the Strowman and Shane McMahon feud, I I want them both to just be over. The builds up to WrestleMania for both of them has just been ugly. I'm I'm not a huge fan of them. But, yeah, The Fiend is going to win here. Our next match is Rhea Ripley versus Asuka. Asuka is defending her Raw Women's Championship. Dewey, what do you or what do you think is going to happen during this match? Why, and who do you think is going to win? I think I'm going to go... Uh, I know Asuka has 
not the greatest track record at WrestleMania, being that her uh, incredible NXT streak has been defeated by Charlotte Flair in WrestleMania a couple years ago. But I I think I think the I think Asuka pulls it out here. She recovers. I think I think that Rhea Ripley's time will be soon, but it's just not this weekend. So I think Oscar Oscar comes out, retains the title, and maybe sets it up for a future pay per view in the next coming months. I gotta disagree with you there, bud. I think Rhea Ripley comes out on top here. I think that Rhea Ripley definitely tore down the house at WrestleMania last year and. She did not come out on top, so when better to come out on top than this year? Additionally, Asuka has had a very long title reign. I think she won it back from Sasha Banks at SummerSlam? Somewhere last year. Somewhere around SummerSlam time period. And, uh, yeah, I think that it's is time for her title reign to come to an end and Rhea Ripley to be a face in WWE. Well, we're going to do a little history lesson here. This one feels to me as obvious as Asuka versus Charlotte at WrestleMania 34, where everyone thought Asuka was going to win. It feels as obvious to me as last year, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, where everyone thought Rhea Ripley was going to win. Not the obvious thing happened. The obvious choice here this year is Rhea Ripley going over and beating Asuka. I feel like everyone's taking Rhea Ripley here, and I think this actually should be her time to shine, but I think WWE pulls a swerve on us. Asuka's going to pick up the win here and retain the Raw Women's Championship. The other, the other big reason for me is there's the three major women's championships on the line throughout this week. We already had Raquel Gonzalez go over Io Shirai and become the new NXT Women's Champion. We all predicted Bianca Belair to beat Sasha Banks and become the new SmackDown Women's Champion on night one in the main event. I don't see them doing all three major women's championships with a title change here. Asuka retains, possibly due to some interference from a returning Charlotte Flair, COVID pending, we'll see. And potentially setting up a triple threat or a Charlotte Flair Rhea Ripley match at the next pay per view. Bree, who do you have and why? Uh, I have uh, Rhea Ripley on this one. Uh, you guys know I'm all about the uh, future programs, and I I feel like this sets us up pretty well with uh, Charlotte Flair. Uh, I think this is a tough match to predict, uh, but I think this is the best outcome. Is that Ripley comes out on top? So I'm going to have to disagree with you there. Okay. Main event, night two, Universal Championship, triple threat match. We have Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Joe, who do you have and why? Uh, The most obvious choice for me is obviously Daniel Bryan. Because he had that rain, he had that incredible win at WrestleMania 30. But I'm gonna swerve you right here. My choice for night two of WrestleMania is Edge. Edge had his return at the Royal Rumble last year. He beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania last year. He lost to Randy Orton, and then he had a 
an injury where that took him out for several months and came back, beat Randy Orton again, and is returning to WrestleMania. It's only fair that he comes in and defeats both his opponents, picks up the Universal Championship, and carries that for however long he needs to carry that. If there was such thing as a three-sided coin, this is literally a coin flip. I think all three guys have an equal chance to come out on top here. I think that even though Edge has been doing heelish things in the past few weeks, the crowd is going to still be in love with him. And WWE knows this. And Edge is going to pick up the win by pinning Daniel Bryan, not Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns not going to get pinned here. It's going to kickstart his final championship run in WWE. And that's that's that. That's signed, sealed, delivered. Bree. Who do you have and why? Um, so who I have is uh, actually uh, Daniel Bryan. Ooh. I don't want him to win, uh, just out of personal preference. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Edge fan, but I think from the the fan storyline and the full time performer, I guess maybe is the phrase uh, that that he has a better chance at winning than. Reigns and Edge. Yeah, that's really all I have to say on that. Dewey. Dewey. Who do you have and why? Uh, This is probably the best storyline that WWE could fabricate within the previous months. It's I'm very hard torn between... I don't think Roman Reigns is going to win it. I'm very hard torn between Edge and Daniel Bryan. If Edge wins like you guys predicted, I don't know how a how he could be a sustainable WWE Universal title champion in the upcoming months. Right? I don't know the intricates of his contract. So it's it's I wanna I wanna root for the WrestleMania moment where this is Edge's chance where he gets the championship. Uh that would be great for Edge. Logistically the WWE, I don't, I don't, I don't really see it panning out for Edge long term. He's probably if he wins it this upcoming weekend, he's going to lose it very shortly after. What I want to see as a fan, though, is I want to see a spear off between Edge and Roman Reigns. Oh, it's bound to happen. Oh, it is going to happen. Over under six spears in this match. I'll take the over. Yeah. Definitely yeah. over. Uh, with that being said, Daniel Bryan being that sneaky, sneaky little 5-10 frame of Daniel Bryan always going up against the underdog is very, very enticing here. Uh, I know you alluded to a three-coin, three-sided coin. I, I think it's more of just a regular coin between Edge and Daniel Bryan. I think Roman Reigns has no chance here. Uh, and I am actually going to go Daniel Bryan with the longevity of the future Universal title. Uh, I would love to see Edge win here, WrestleMania moment. However, I would also love to see Edge just throw his body around and three to four spears to Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan sneaks in a W here. Kinky. That's how I think this goes. Daniel Bryan, tough call. Probably wrong. We'll see. All right, so we've concluded the entirety of both nights of WrestleMania, and now we're getting into our prop bets to 
hopefully clear up any sort of ties that we have. So the first prop bet we have is yes or no, will the English, Spanish, German announce tables break? Yes or no. Uh, disclaimer here, we're, we're, we're obviously taping this before WrestleMania starts. So if there is no Spanish or German announce tables present, this prop bet is not going to count towards our predictions contest. However, I'll start us off. It's it's the return of fans. Therefore, the more tables that break, the more hyped the crowd is going to get. So I'm saying yes, yes, yes. English, Spanish, German, all three tables break. Brie, what do you think? I'm going to go with the English and Spanish tables break, but the German does not. I like it. I like it. Dewey, what do you have? English, no. Spanish, yes. German, no. I like it. Joe? I'm going with the tried and true. English, German, Spanish. Yes, no, yes. So the next prop that we got is who not on the card will make an appearance. Bree, why don't you start us off on this one? I know uh, you guys all night have been uh, talking about Becky, so I, I think I'm going to go with Becky, her uh, latest Twitter post. Becky Lynch? Yep. Okay, Becky Lynch. Yeah, Becky Lynch. Her, her latest uh, Twitter post alludes to that, so that's what I'm going to go with. All right, Dewey, why don't you give us your pick for who not on the card will appear? It doesn't seem very original for me, but I am also going Becky Lynch. God damn, I think this is great for wrestling. Two and true, every every bit of it. Becky Lynch is wrestling Mrs. Jew. Uh, we are awaiting your return. This is the perfect moment. I can't wait to see you this weekend. Becky Lynch, Here, I'd love to see you. So I also had Becky written down, but I don't, I don't want everyone to have Becky. I don't want myself to have Becky when everyone else picked it. So I'm picking Jay Uso. I think he's a solid choice. I think he's a safe choice because we have the head of the table. And who else sits at that table? It's Jay Uso. Dylan? Yeah, there, there's a bunch of people who I think could show up here. Uh, Becky Lynch, Jay Uso. Uh, I think Charlotte Flair could show up. I think that Jackson Riker or Elias could show up for Shane McMahon. Uh, I ended up going with a person that I would most likely have to wait the longest to see if he will show up because I like the suspense and giving myself anxiety because I hate myself. Uh, I'm going with Jey Uso. The main event of night two is a triple threat match, uh, which basically means no disqualification. So I think it's a no-brainer that Jey Uso is going to come down, interfere in the match, help out Roman Reigns, no disqualification. So he can interfere and nothing is going to happen as far as the outcome of the match. As far as Jey Uso interfering, there's not going to be any disqualification there. But, I mean, I also called Roderick Strong showing up at NXT TakeOver. I called that a no-brainer. I'm calling Jey Uso a no-brainer as well. Roderick Strong ended up not showing up to basically break up Cole and O'Reilly from killing each other. They ended up killing each other. Hopefully Jey Uso shows up because I really need it for the points in the predictions contest. So, hopefully this time I'm actually right. All right. The second to last prop bet we have here, if there is blood, who will bleed? It does not necessarily mean someone will bleed, but you cannot pick nobody will bleed. We've had people try to do that in the past. Not a thing. Dewey, if there is blood, who's going to bleed? This is a tough call. There's no, there's no matches that are going to be 
guaranteed for blood, right? There's no strap match. There's no barbed wire thing. Ladder matches are generally okay or TLC matches. Uh, it's pretty much up in the air here. I I like to think that I, I'm going to go with the most likely. I think Randy Orton bleeds a little bit somewhere down the line between The Fiend. I think there's cinematics evolved. So, something along the lines. WWE has hopefully something up their sleeves. I don't know. Other than that, I I haven't. It's it's up in the air. I'm going to go Randy Orton. Okay, Joe. Joe, who do you, who do you have? See, I think there there is somewhat of an obvious choice here. We have a triple threat match and we have a steel cage match steel cage match anything could happen no disqualification and triple threat match there is a no disqualification uh so that being said i'm going with braun Strowman. shane will take out some weapons whether it be a trash can and he coast to coast and smashes that trash can uh on braun Strowman's face a la AJ Styles in WrestleMania 33 or whatever other example you want to use, I think that there will be weapon use and there will be blood uh, that could be a title of a movie. Braun Strowman is going to bleed. Dylan, what do you think? So I kind of agree with Dewey. There's not a match that jumps out to me. Uh, I, I see what you're saying. There, There is the triple threat match with no disqualification. I don't see any of them bleeding. Roman Reigns never bleeds. Edge, I don't think, is going to bleed. Daniel Bryan's never fucking bleeds, except for the last pay-per-view somehow. It, it's, it's kind of a scientifically proven fact that Daniel Bryan never bleeds, except for Fastlane 2021. So I'm going with the same thing here along the same lines. Um, what I'm banking on... I'm banking on Shane McMahon doing his annual crazy spot where he jumps off of something and it's going to be off the top of the steel cage. Hopefully after the match or before the match where he jumps onto Braun Strowman through the through one of the announce tables that I predicted will break. And that is what's going to cause Shane McMahon to bleed, not Braun Strowman. Shane McMahon uh, very, will very easily bleed. If, if it's not by him jumping off of the top of the steel cage, it's by him hopefully just taking bumps against the cage, which almost never happens. But, you know, I've seen crazier things happen, like Daniel Bryan bleeding. So, Bree, who do you have and why? So, I'm generally uh, terrible at picking who bleeds, but I think I'm just going to go with my gut here and uh, my hardest match uh, to predict, which was Big E and Apollo Cruz. And I'm going to go with Apollo Crews. I know you guys uh, generally picked him to win, uh, and I picked Big E, but I'm going to go with Apollo Crews. I like that. I mean, they are doing the Nigerian drum fight, which is essentially a street fight with drum sounds. I don't know what the fuck is actually going to happen. but All right, the last prop bet we have is our tiebreaker. In case we have a tie, everyone hates ties, so what better way than to actually finally have a tiebreaker in our predictions contest? We will be predicting what exact time will night two of WrestleMania go off the air. We're going to do it based off of when the screen goes black and Peacock tells you, your stream has now ended. Your stream has concluded. Goodbye. And basically what time my phone says it is. So we'll be doing that off the air. You'll see it on our prediction sheets when we tweet them out. So we've got night one of WrestleMania starting off tonight. At 8 p.m., Joe, close us out. 
All right, everybody. If you like what you listened to and like, give us a like, subscribe, heart, or just keep on listening. And follow us on Twitter at DDT Wrestle Pod. We have been Dylan and Joe and our friends Dewey and Bree. Have a good night, and we'll see you next time.